What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another exciting episode of Chord Chronicles. You know, I always say exciting, but it is an exciting week this week because we have some pretty big stars. Week 24. That's exciting, too. I can't believe it. We have what? One more uh, week. One more week. Till the, till the end of 1970? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then we can get going on 1971 and be a little better prepared hopefully i'm ready as ready as i ever can be for anything (laughs) and it's funny that these albums that we're getting ready to talk about came out so near the end of the year i know because because i mean especially one i don't i don't want to spoil anything yet but one of them being a triple album like that coming out so late you know it's 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 too late for christmas almost i would think and i would think that's when you would want it to come out for shopping but what do i know i mean i don't know how the you know how things as far as that went back then it's a little it's quite a bit different now obviously yeah neither of us were alive <laughs> in 1970 so yeah so if anyone out there knows exactly how distribution of albums and things like that went, that would be really interesting. Especially, I mean, maybe not to everyone, but to me. Yeah. So I would like to. I'd like to have someone come on the show that if they know about album distribution in general, but I mean especially in 1970, the 1970s, you know how that went, because I'm sure it's quite a bit different. I know it is. So. But, I don't know, it's been a crappy week. A crappy week. I'm keeping negativity off Chord Chronicles. It though. is Christmas week. Because it's not... <laughs> yeah. Oh, Christmas is terrible. I'm sorry. I, I can't I can't be... I'm always, I've always i been known as the Grinch for, I don't know, as long as I can remember. And it's true. <laughs> I am the Grinch. I am the Grinch. I hate Christmas. I hate it. I, I like. It's not that I hate getting together with people, but we can't do that. So the whole, the part of Christmas that I really like is kind of, you yeah. know, it's kind of done for. So it's you know, I don't care anything about getting gifts. I like get, get, giving people gifts. That's cool. But I'm not. I don't care. I, I get embarrassed when people give me gifts. It's just I feel awkward. Yeah. It's always been that way. So I think it is. Genetic. I don't know. <laughs> I feel the same way. It's just such a stressful time of year, too. So. But you know what's not stressful? We don't have any more Christmas albums to listen to. <laughs> Thank God. That's a great thing. <laughs> and we're going to start, actually, we're going to start with a good album. At least A great album, in my opinion. A good album to you. Shh. No spoilers, man. Gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I was I would still classify you thinking it would be great yeah. too. But uh this came out November twenty third, nineteen seventy. So still hanging around around November as far as Corn Chronicles goes. But we're near the end of the year, trust me. <laughs> so but this is Stephen Stills self titled album, Stephen Stills. And actually this is his debut solo album. And we did review of course, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Earlier Very this good year, album. I think I gave it five stars, if I'm not mistaken. And I, I think I, I loved it tremendously, even with Neil Young on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like Neil Young, so I can only imagine I gave it a good score. <laughs> no, I, I I don't dislike Neil Young. I just I just like him better with I, just, I like every, them all together better anyway, though. If I'm being perfectly honest. Collectively, Deja Vu by CSNY got four and three quarters. So. Yeah. So so that means I gave it five stars and you gave it four and a half because you're stingy. Because I'm honest. We, we have already, yes, we've already established this one. Now, Deja Vu I thought was an excellent album. But um, this album is a little bit different, the tone of it. I I still really liked it. I didn't like it quite as much as Deja Vu, but like I said, I like when they all combine together 
to make one great thing. Um, this does have a couple songs that I'm familiar with. The, t- you know, the first song on the album, Love the One You're With, I think that's probably one of Stephen Steele's biggest songs. Yeah. So, solo. And then, I think, uh, I want to say it was Due for the Others. When I was listening to it, just it sounds so familiar. I think someone else has covered that song. I want to, I wouldn't even think like Neil Young. I might have heard him sing that song before. Yeah. I don't know. I like, I like this album. I was surprised with the amount of soul in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Church. Yeah. Well, the song Church. I mean, with the choir and everything in it, it, it was really soulful. And I mean, Stephen Stills did a really good job. Uh, and I think he has the best vocals of the collective anyway. So his vocals were great. I don't know. I I like I just kind of put it on. Nothing really stood out, but I don't mean that in a bad way. It was just all good to me. And this gets a lot of acclaim. And this is in that the book that we've already previously talked about, A Thousand and One Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. So it's included in that and it, it's um you know, I don't know how big Colin Larkin all time one thousand albums was in 2000, but it was number 129. Yeah, I've seen that so, book mentioned several times. Yeah, so, and I, I haven't looked at the 1001 albums yet, because we've just, I'm, I'm trying to been focused, you know, been focused on 1970. But I want to look and see how many 1970 albums are on that, so I do plan on going through That's that. That's a good book. And, yeah, and, and seeing how you know, how many we've already listened to and, you know, and, and go back if there's any, I'm sure there are some pre 1970. I would like to listen to those as well, but I'm, I'm getting back onto the Steven Stills album though. Um, like I said before, I loved it and you liked it. So I'm just going to turn it over to you before I give any kind of star on it. Because I don't have a lot to say other than I like I like the whole album itself. Obviously, I like you know love the one you're with, but but I think there's a lot of good songs other than this. You know that that so you know the single track or whatever. I think it was the only single, or there were two. It was uh, love the one you're with and sit yourself down. So. But I didn't recognize that that one didn't sound familiar to me. No, it didn't mean so. One really cool thing, at least, is cool for a nerd like me. <laughs> uh, Love the one you're with is side one of you know the album. That was the first single. The first song on side two is "Sit Yourself Down." That was the second single. I don't know <laughs> why, but I think that's cool. I think that's cool. So, they made, they highlighted, the songs that they're highlighting, they put them first. So, I think a little bit of, a little bit of thought went into that. I don't know. Once again, it would be interesting to hear someone that, you know, from the record industry. Even though some of them we don't like. (laughs) But, we'll get into that a little bit later. (laughs) Um, something really interesting before I do turn it over to you, the personnel on this album, unless you have a lot of notes on that. Go ahead. Do you have, have notes some, on it? But you probably have the same ones. Well, I mean, I just have like Jimi Hendrix plays guitar on "Old Times, Good Times," which is track four. Eric Clapton plays guitar on "Go Back Home," awesome song there too. <laughs> Uh, Booker T. Jones, organ and backing vocals. And, I mean, I have a few more, but the the big ones for me, you know, Jimi Hendrix and Eric Clapton, and you have Ringo. Yeah. So, I I, I, I don't want to... It's huge. <laughs> you know. Well, I can add a few um, other backing vocals. Rita Coolidge, David Crosby, Priscilla Jones. Mama Cass. <laughs> John Sebastian. So, yeah, there's a lot of big names on here. <laughs> and the production's excellent as well. 
But I'm going to turn it over to you if, and, you know, whatever you would like to add to it, and then we'll give stars. Okay. I don't have a whole lot to add. I generally agree with you. I thought it was good. I don't think it's as good as Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young's collective work, like you said. Except maybe Love the One You're With. Yeah, that's a great song. But it is close to CSNY's work, I think. I did really like it. I did note great guitar throughout. Other instrumentation also good. It makes sense with that personalist. The only real other note I have, other than the album hit number three, so that tells you it was pretty successful. The only other note that I have to share, really, is Old Times, Good Times. I thought sounded like Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. It reminded me a lot of their cover of Woodstock, which was a good song. Yeah, I like, like I said, I, I just put it on, and of course I recognized a couple of the songs. But sometimes uh, I just like to put it on, and I won't even look at the tracks, the track titles, and just get a feel for the whole album. And that's kind of the way I went with this one. And I like I like doing that with this one because it kind of flowed well, like the tracks flow well into one another. I think it's laid out really well. So I agree with it with it going so high on the charts. For me, it was extremely good. I'm not going to say it was five star, but for me, it was four and a half. And for me, because I had given. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young's Deja Vu, four and a half, and this one wasn't quite as good. For me, it's four. But it is good. Stingy. Maybe you're just too generous. I'm generous because I recognize brilliant art. <laughs> Mwah. Now, um, four, a four is still a yeah. good score, all jokes aside. But, yeah, I, I really liked it, and I'm surprised because... Honestly, going into before we started all this, I wasn't that familiar with Stephen Stills and Crosby Stills and Nash and Young or, or any any of them, other than I didn't I don't really care for Neil Young's voice. That still hasn't changed. But I've I've been surprised to find how how much I really like their work, like Stephen Stills' solo work so far, and the Deja Vu album. So. I didn't think I would like them as well as I have. So that, that's been a pleasant surprise. But, uh, you know, you've probably listened to their stuff a lot more than I have. I've listened to it a fair amount. I just really like that style of music. Maybe that's why I'm stingy. I'm piggy about it. Extra, extra saltine. <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, I think we're actually going to take a break because we have an Amy's All Alone segment coming up early this week. I think you have a good album to talk I about. Do. But that's all I'm going to that's all I'm going to say about it. I'm not going to spoil it. But we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, Amy's going to be all alone. guys we're back well at least i am i'm all alone though he's not here this time so for my amy's all alone segment this week i had the absolute pleasure of listening to and reviewing an album that i have really been looking forward to for months it's cat stevens tea for the tiller man i actually knew of this album already in fact, I actually own this album on vinyl, but I hadn't listened to it. I did know some of the songs that were on it. Before I get into that, this album came out November 23rd, 1970. And this is Cat Stevens' fourth album in total. It was the second one that he released in 1970, following Mona Bone Jacket, which we reviewed earlier this year didn't really care for it that much. I think our collective score was something like three and a quarter stars. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great either. 
But like I said, I was already semi-familiar with this album. It's another one of those huge albums that you know, all of the industry critics say you really have to listen to. So I was looking forward to it, and I was not disappointed. I did listen to the actual vinyl, and I'm really glad that I was able to do that. It's always nice to listen to albums like this in the form that they were originally released in. As long as they're in good shape. Our copy is not in great shape, but it was still listenable. And I really feel like the hiss and the pops of the vinyl just kind of added to the ambiance of this. You know, Cat Stevens is like the epitome of the singer-songwriter type. And it just really added to that, I thought. So, I was actually in a really bad mood when I listened to this album. <laughs> At least when I started. I was really irritated. But this was just what the doctor ordered. It was nice and peaceful and soothing. And being able to listen to the actual vinyl just made it that much better. I think... For this type of poetic singer-songwriter stuff, it just really adds something to it. It feels like the music... <laughs> this is gonna sound a little pretentious and you know, poetic and artsy, but it just seeps into my bones, and I really love it. Anyway, I wanted to mention that Cat Stevens actually created the artwork for the cover of this album himself. He had previously been an art student before he became a musician. Also, this album was recently remade as T for the Tiller Man Squared, I guess? Or T for the Tiller Man 2, maybe, but the 2 is in a superscript. But that was actually just released in September of this year. It included new lyrics and instrumentation, and... He sang along with himself on one of the songs, which happened to be one of his big hits. It's Father and Son. And I already knew that song, and I really like it. It's not the best on the album, but it's good. Another of the hits off of this album, Where Did the Children Play? I'm even more familiar with that one than I was Father and Son. Again. I just really like that song. This is just, it's what Cat Stevens was made to do. And if you enjoy this type of music, then you just really need to listen to it because this has a lot of those albums that, or a lot of those tracks that he just really excels on. Both of those fit that category, but not as much as the big big hit off of this album, which is one that just about everybody knows. Wild World. What can I say? You know, put the song on, shut your eyes, and just enjoy it. It was a huge hit, and fittingly so. It's a great song. I did want to briefly address, there has been a little bit of controversy over this song. Unnecessarily, I think. Some people have said that this song is misogynistic. That, you know, it's just this misogynistic guy telling a woman that she can't live without him. I don't get that exactly. I understand why people would say that, but I don't think that that's the way the song is intended. You know, if you listen to our show, then you know by now. I do have strong feelings about social topics like this. But yeah, the song is about warning a lost love about the wild world, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a man telling a woman she can't survive without him. It's just... the... the ache of losing them. You know, one critic also said, and I'm paraphrasing here, but she said, you can't do a role reversal on this song without it just becoming ridiculous. I think that's ridiculous. Of course you can switch the genders. It's no more silly for a woman to tell a guy to be careful out in the wild world. 
And it very much could still happen. There's... <laughs> there is in no way an impossibility there. It could happen. I would say it is just as likely to happen. Maybe not, but that's just me. I didn't feel like it was a misogynistic song at all. I've never felt that way. I still don't. So I did want to address that briefly. I just don't think that that is the case here. I really enjoy Wild World. I love that song. It is... While it is a sad song, it's really soothing to me. And I highly recommend it. Yeah. Those were the three big songs off the album, but... Really, I thought the whole thing was good. I don't have any notes about any of the other songs, but I do recommend that you go and listen to this album, especially if you like the singer-songwriter type of music. If you can get your hands on a copy of the vinyl, definitely do that, as long as it's in good enough shape to play without skipping. Because I... I don't want to sound pretentious. I already have once when I was talking about how this music just seeps into my bones. But there are some albums that you just need to listen to in their original format, and I feel like this is one of them. I also wanted to mention, you know, I'm not the only one who really loves this album. I've already said it's one of the albums that industry critics really praise. You know, it was very successful. This album is triple platinum. It hit number 8 on the Billboard 200. It is number 205 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest list as of this year. Previously, it was at 2006 in... Or, sorry, 206 in 2003 and 208 in 2012. But, you know, it's at 205 now, so it has moved a little bit, but not a lot. It's also number 342 and the book, The All-Time Top 1,000 Albums. It's also listed in the book, 1,000 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. And it is in the Definitive 200 Albums of All Time by the National Association of Recording Merchandisers and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, you know, everybody loves this album. Basically, the entire industry. I agree. This is just a really, really good album. I really liked it. Having said that, I don't think it's perfect. It's not a five-star album, but it is really good, and I highly recommend it. So for me, it is a four-and-a-half-star album. If you can find it, even if you have to listen to it in a digital format, go listen to it. I don't think you'll regret it. I don't think you should regret it anyway. But... That's just my opinion. Alright, that's all for Amy's All Alone. I'm ready to join my brother and talk about some more albums. So, I will be right back. take the lead on this next album because as we have established already this year I'm the big Beatles fan out of the two of us <laughs> you like the Beatles but not as much as I do well uh, you know I, I like them and I, I do appreciate their work and I know I kind of give them a hard time on here it's just because too many people have covered their stuff yeah, we agree on that <laughs> It gets it gets old. I think they're overplayed, and and I don't I don't I say overrated, and I don't mean it like that they didn't like when I say overrated. Some people think that I you know I don't appreciate the scope of their influence. No, I I see how much influence they had. I just think there's other bands that are just as good that that got overshadowed because everyone was so focused on the Beatles. 
that being said George Harrison my favorite Beatle so I was excited for this album yeah but but then I saw it was three <laughs> out it was three records yeah and my goodness he likes to give it out I, I thought this was his you know I'm not real familiar with the Beatles more or anything but I thought this would be his debut album if he brought if he's bringing out three you know records it's his third album so that that was kind of surprising to me I actually didn't see that what I saw said it was his debut it's his third studio album it's, it's it was it's what I what I found well, it's his first solo solo work after the breakup of the Beatles. either way this is all things must pass by the way but what you have to remember is he had been writing all along some of these songs were written as early as 1966 for the Beatles but the Beatles turned them down so oh yeah we didn't mention it came out November 27th 1970 so was it on Thanksgiving was it Thanksgiving then I didn't check um I think I think even then <laughs> music generally came out on Friday, so it might have been Black Friday. Nice, <laughs> it's a good Black Friday album. Give it the, the triple disc, though, yeah. man. Yeah, you know, like I said, I like the Beatles a lot, and I like George. Well, I think he was very talented. He wrote at least two of my three favorite Beatles songs, maybe all three, but number three kind of changes depending on the day and my mood. But you know, at least. The two of the top three are his songs. So, I was looking forward to this, but, like you said, <laughs> it's a triple album. That's a lot. <laughs> this was almost two hours of music to get through. Which is fine, but when you're listening to as many albums as we are, it makes it kind of difficult. I did think... Well, first of all, the singles off of this album were really well chosen because they are all great. The one that will stand out to most people would be My Sweet Lord. You're talking about the Billy Preston <laughs> single, My Sweet Lord, that that came out earlier this year that George Harrison just now started covering? He didn't cover it. Oh, 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 oh sorry. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was on a just just jamming segment. If anyone is listening, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's 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 funny. Two of these songs are actually on the Billy Preston album. My sweet lord was one, and I think I can't remember the other one. Two of them were not a cover though, because he wrote it. Well, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) No, we'll get more into that in a minute. (laughs) No, no, I all jokes aside. I know he he wrote it or whatever, but but the Billy Preston cover of this of my, my Sweet Lord is better than the George Harrison version of My Sweet Lord. Well, I, I said it, I said it, either, and and I love I love George Harrison. Either way, My Sweet Lord is the big single off of this, but there were others. What is Life was another pretty big song that was the third single off of this, and. The B-side to My Sweet Lord also was a fairly well-known hit, Isn't It a Pity? I love that song. Yeah, I forget about that one, but it's a really good song. I just forget about it and remember these other ones instead. But I think all the singles were really well chosen because they are all really great. Which doesn't mean that anything on here is bad. I do think that they... The singles are the best on here. No, I'm not going to go into every song on here in detail because you know, it's a triple album. We would be here all day if I did. But I did want to mention that on the first two of these three albums, every song has its own Wikipedia page. So just you know, if you're interested, go check out the details about each of these songs. I'm going to talk about a few, but not all of them. Um, I mentioned What Is Life being a single, and I really enjoy that song. I also feel like it kind of seems like it was before its time. 
it sounds like a song that would have come out later than 1970. But it didn't. It was released as a single in February of 71. So, I guess he was just thinking ahead. I did mention, you know, (laughs) he wrote My Sweet Lord. Kind of. (laughs) He was accused of plagiarizing the song He's So Fine. And he lost that suit. (laughs) He did say that was not intentional. Maybe it was just a subconscious homage, shall we say. But the two songs are very similar. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Uh, we, I have something something similar coming up. Uh, well, a band, the band that I'm talking about had something similar. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and that song was a huge hit. He probably would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been so huge. But it was actually the first number one song by an ex-Beatle. He beat out you know, Paul and John and Ringo. Ringo's already had two albums this year, but no number ones. <laughs> yeah, they were they were albums. <laughs> the second album was better than the it first. It was. Uh, I was surprised that Bob Dylan had such a big handprint. Like he had a hand in this album. He did. Yeah, there were several songs that he worked on. I didn't realize that George and Bob were good friends. I'm on a first name basis with both of them. <laughs> no, apparently they were pretty good friends and worked together quite a bit for this album and in the future. If Not For You is one of the songs on here that was um, a Bob Dylan song. The very first track was co-written by George Harrison and Bob Dylan. That was I'd Have You Anytime. It's really good. <laughs> I, I liked it. I liked, I mean, I liked all of them, but I did make a note about If Not For You, because that song was actually on Bob Dylan's New Morning album that I just reviewed recently on this show. George did it better. He just has a better voice. Bob Dylan is a great songwriter. We've talked about it before. He just doesn't have a great voice. So George's version really was better. I also made a note, the song Isn't It a Pity, that was the B-side for My Sweet Lord. I have never noticed it before, even though I've heard that song, but near the end of that song, there are some Hey Jude-style backing vocals. It turns out that is actually intentional. I found that out after listening when I was doing my research. That was actually mentioned on the Wikipedia page. So I was kind of proud of myself for noticing it. Until we started doing this, I wouldn't have noticed something like that. Uh, let me see. Oh, the song Let It Down. I can really hear Eric Clapton's influence in that one. They were friends. And you know, I could just really hear Eric Clapton's style in that song. Which makes sense. Because Eric Clapton did work on the album, along with a lot of other famous people. The personnel list on this album is absolutely incredible. This is a Phil Spector produced album. He was known for his wall of sound. Wall of sound, indeed. Like I said, check out the Wikipedia pages for these individual songs. So you can get actual personnel lists for each song. But overall, this album includes contributions from Eric Clapton and the rest of Derek and the Dominoes, plus Delaney and Bonnie. Gary Wright, that you just reviewed last week, I believe. Klaus Vorman, we have talked about a few times. Mm -hmm. Ringo Starr. Billy Preston. Alan White from Yes, the members of Badfinger, Peter Frampton, Dave Mason from Traffic, Gary Brooker from Procol Harum, and Ginger Baker 
among other people, but those were the ones whose names I recognized just right off the bat. So, just incredible. Yeah. It was a highly successful album, which makes sense when you consider who's on it. It's a Beatle, for one thing. It's one of one of the best Beatles. I'll say that. <laughs> um, yeah. I will also say the album started off really strong, and it kind of weakened as it went on, I thought. The third album is just instrumental, and it is very good music, but I didn't think it was as good as album one. I thought album one was the best. But that's just me. I want to know what you thought about it. Well, first off, I do like the title of Thanks Thanks for the Pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the musics I think that's the instrumental they call them it's Apple Jam which is kind of funny right. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny um, I mentioned before Billy Preston um, he also on his album Encouraging Words I couldn't think of the album title a while ago if everyone hasn't listened to that album check it out because the other song besides My Sweet Lord it's um, All Things Must Pass actually <laughs> So so he so he came out with you know the album title here like the title track or whatever and my sweet lord so he must have been really tight with George Harrison I mean he was on Apple Records but I mean that's a lot of you know that's a lot of trust there yeah that he he you know but I don't know I I really like this album I thought it was too long yeah which is funny it's funny that I would say that. It's the first, it's the first three, like triple record, L, triple LP, I guess that we've had. I thought that was kind of interesting, but honestly, I'd have just split it up. You know, one hundred percent. I think it's too long. Um, because yeah, you're right. I think the. Like the Apple Jam, all that stuff, I, I like it, but it could have been included for like mail in. Like you're if you're a, like you could have gotten something in the sleeve or whatever if you're a huge Beatle fan or a George Harrison fan. Yeah. You can purchase this as well for a, a discounted price. Something we're we're I'm armchair quarterback and obviously, but I don't know. I, I I think it's too long. It's too long. But other than that, I still think this is an amazing album, and I don't, it seems like I dole them out a lot, but I just think there's only one thing I can rate this, and it's five stars. And, I mean, the internet agrees with me for the most part. I went back because I started looking, and I, like you said, every song, song has its own Wikipedia page. Yeah. So it's a, it's a big album. But for me, I, I gave it five stars. There's a, a lot all at once. It's too long, but you know, it's all good. You know, so it, for me, it was five. But what did you give it? I didn't give it five like you did. No, it's not because I am stingy. I didn't think it was quite up to the level of a five, but I did really enjoy it. So I gave it four and a half. And I have to mention, he's not on the show because he was busy doing other things, but I've mentioned my husband on the show before and what a huge Beatles fan he is. I actually liked this album quite a bit better than he did. He gave it a three and a half. Maybe a four. <laughs> Hater. Hater. <laughs> he likes George. He just felt like there was a lot of filler on this album. Probably because, again, it is a triple album, so there's a lot to it. Yeah, it's too yeah. long. You know, the next album we're going to talk about, though, actually, the last album that we both reviewed this week was a band that I'm only familiar with by one song, <laughs> and in name only. Like, I never really sat down and listened to this band, and I'm kind of glad I got the chance with this. This this came out November twenty seventh as well, and love the title. 
This is the Kinks. Lola versus Power Man and the Money Go Round, part one. So, uh, spoiler alert, there's not a part two, which really sucks. <laughs> which really yeah, sucks. There's a story behind that. <laughs> I know. There's a whole story yeah. behind this album, which I'm not going to get too wordy into it, but I like the honesty in this album. Okay, if anyone's not familiar with the Kinks, they are Ray and Dave Davies, John Dalton, Mick Avery, and on this album, I believe John Gosling. I don't know if he's with the Kinks all the time. I don't think he is. But he's the only. I think it was just. Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I don't think because I he doesn't even have his he doesn't have his own Wikipedia page. Ooh, everybody else does. Oh. <laughs> but but I, I don't really recognize that name and i've looked at some of the other stuff i looked at a couple of the albums i didn't listen but i looked now make uh, um it, it's mainly ray and dave davis yeah. when you get down to it well ray is the older brother i believe if i'm not mistaken i'm not sure which one is <laughs> I, think, I believe and um the first what the first side of this album is a con- it's like a concept it's like a concept album in a way it's a concept side and it's actually mirroring true life he was very bitter about the music industry at this time they felt like they were getting taken for a ride and i believe with this album this is the I don't know what got them kicked out of America, but they, this is like the first album they got a chance to come back to America. Yeah, there was some controversy over one of their previous albums. I think it was Arthur, but don't quote me on that. Yeah, I, I'm not sure about that, but I, I did see just a note about that. But I'm not going to go track by track, but I mentioned before that there was only one song that I really knew by the Kinks. <laughs> And Everybody knows it. That yes, and it's stuck in my wife's head now because of this, and she's mad at me. But it's a good song. <laughs> but that's Lo- Oh yeah, it's a great song. It's Lola, 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 Lola. You know, everyone knows Everybody that song. Lola. Yep, tastes like cherry cola. Yep. No, yeah, you know it's a, uh, you know it's a little risque. <laughs> <laughs> it is, and they were banned from a lot of radio stations because of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, what is it, your first example of a, uh, I don't know if it's the first example, but the first big known song that I know of, they're talking about someone transgender, yeah. um, you know, that's, I mean, Lola, what, uh, what is it? I can't even remember how he describes it. I'm glad I'm he, a he man. He throws so the man, <laughs> oh, no, he don't even say, I'm talking about he walks like a, oh. uh, or talk, you know. Walks like a woman or something like I can't remember exactly right now. I would have to go through the whole song. But it's funny that it's just so tongue-in-cheek or whatever, matter of fact. And it, that it came out back then. Yeah. It's so risque. I, I, I really like it. But I was not familiar with this band. And like from the, the first song, once it started, <clears throat> like the beginning, um, Contenders. The beginning of that song, it starts out a little folk, almost country-esque, and I'm not familiar with the Kinks other than Lola, so I'm thinking, oh man, you know, this is going to be another folk album for the most part, gosh. Then all of a sudden, they kick it in, and I, I'm a big fan. I like This album has a lot of good songs, and like I said, it is a concept. They start with, you know, they're getting big. And then they go to um, Strangers, which was actually written by Dave Davies. <clears throat> and you get into Denmark Street, and Denmark Street is, it kind of sounds like a, I don't want to say Pink Floyd song, but a little bit. The style reminds me of Pink Floyd in a, a little bit. But <laughs> that he's really being biting toward the record executives and the, the music industry in that song. And then 
you, you get into, you get back in line, and then Lola, which is their big hit, and then Top of the Pops, because they're Top of the Pops, because their hit song, Lola, and then you hit the money go round, and that's them talking about the money distribution, and how this guy gets a cut, and this guy gets a cut, but, you know, no one, nothing gets, they're not getting any money, basically, is what he, he feels like they're getting taken for a ride on the money go round. And I thought it was cool how he encapsulated his frustration into a concept of one side of the album. Yeah, I think he could have probably done the whole thing. He could have expanded it. But I I, I uh I was impressed by that. Side two wasn't wasn't as focused like that, but it's full of good songs. So And it is actually. The whole thing is part of the same concept, supposedly. Supposedly, it yeah. seemed to, to travel a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but I'm I'm wondering though, like I noticed, it's funny because Power Man, like, I am a fan of metal and stuff like that, and hard rock and stuff like that, '90s, 2000s, <laughs> obviously now and whatever, but. Power Man 5000. I wonder if they got their name from this. I've wondered the same. <laughs> well, Power Man 5000 is actually Rob Zombie from White Zombie's younger brother. It's his band, which was kind of cool. But you know, we're not talking about that. But I did wonder when I saw one of the songs on here, Power Man. I wonder if it was influenced by that. Well, I, I wasn't familiar with the other single. From this album. And that's 8 Man. I like it. A lot. <laughs> I, I like their style. I, I wasn't familiar with them at all. But I, I'll go back and listen to this album quite a bit. I, I believe. I thought Rats was really good. Got to be free is excellent. Yeah. So. I don't know. I, I like Before I give stars on it. I like it more than you did. I know that. <laughs> yeah. Um. I went into this knowing a little more about the Kinks than you did. Um, and you definitely need to go and listen to some of their older stuff, because you do know some of their older songs. They're pretty different than this. <laughs> but you will know them. Um, the big one is probably You Really Got Me. Well, I mean, I'm familiar with them, like, as far as, like, the hits or whatever, and, like, Lola. Yeah. And, 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 you know, but, but I wasn't familiar with... Like sitting down and listening to to like their album or anything like that. I've never, ever picked up a Kinks album. <laughs> yeah. In my life. Yeah, they're at a- like I you know <laughs> like I've heard songs on the radio and and maybe in a playlist or something and I like them, but it's never been like something that I've been you know oh I've got to pick up this Kinks album. So I, I didn't know what they were about. Yeah, they're another one of Luke's favorite bands. He likes their older stuff better than this. I haven't listened to all of the older albums, but I've listened to some of them. And like you said, this is a concept album. But I agreed with you that the second half wasn't as obvious. You know, I get all the songs are related by theme, but I didn't necessarily feel like you had to listen to it linearly either. I feel like you could listen to these songs in any order and still get that concept. I don't know if that's good or bad, <laughs> but either way, like you said, Loa, everybody knows that song. It's a good song. I thought it was funny, and I kind of laughed a little when you were talking about Denmark Street, because you said it sounded like Pink Floyd to you. It sounded like the Rolling Stones to me. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> but, well. but either way, it sounds like somebody else. Their style is kind of all over on this album. They really varied their style a lot. I liked Get Back in Line, Money Go Round, Got to Be Free, and Rats, which I have heard before. But again, like you, I hadn't heard Ape Man, even though it was the other single. I didn't know that one either. Well, I found something with the themes. Just briefly showing the themes. It, uh, I'm just going to read it. Okay? I'm not going to try to paraphrase it or anything because I don't want to get it wrong. It, it's short. It says, The album is a satirical look at the various facets of the music industry, including the song publishers, 
which was Denmark Street. Unions, which was get back in line. The press and the hit making machine, which is top of the pops. Accountants and business managers, which is the money go round. And the road, which was this time tomorrow. Musically, Lola versus Power Man is varied, contrasting gentle ballads like Get Back in Line and A Long Way From Home against hard rock songs like Rats and Power Man with Denmark Street and the Money Go Round playing, uh, paying homage to English music hall tradition. So that's why I think the English music hall tradition stuff, maybe that's why I thought Pink Floyd. But I don't know. But the themes, I thought the theme was pretty cool, honestly. He was, I mean, and they re- they released it as an album. Yeah. So, you know, he's pissed at the the execs or whatever, but they're still they're still releasing it and making money on it. And whether you listen to them in order or not, you're still gonna pick up on that theme. I mean, some of them are pretty obvious, like the money go round. I like how they change the tone. It'll start out, like I said, the first song. It starts out almost like folksy for a second. And then it kicks into like hard rock, like rock. They they kind of keep you like they keep you guessing a little bit, and I like that about that about this album. Honestly, it was kind of even though it was supposed to be focused, I felt like side two did lose a little bit of that focus a bit. But still, for me, I mean, I feel still felt like it was a real strong album. I've fought between four and four and a half. But I'm going to give it four. I'm going to give it four stars. I still really liked it. But I think I've said enough about Lola versus Power Man and the Money Go Round. What did you think? I, to an extent, I like the varying styles. But I felt like there was a little too much variation in this one. And it was just a little, just a little too different from song to song. And it kind of took me out of it a little bit. So I didn't like it quite as much as you. Although I did enjoy several of the songs individually. So I kind of fought with myself over three and a half stars and four stars. So I ended up going with three and a half. (laughs) Of course, the lower score, being selfish as usual. No one's surprised on this show now. I'm not selfish (laughs) or stingy. I am honest (laughs) and fair. But, you know... I think that's our last album this week, for both of us at least, because I'm looking. It looks like I still have an album to talk about, but it's one you didn't you didn't get the privilege of listening to, but you should. We are gonna say that. I may have listened to it. I'm not saying I did, <laughs> but I might have. But I think we are gonna take a quick break, and when we get back, Jeff's just jamming. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Jeff's Just Jammin'. And you notice I didn't say any other exciting episode, but it is an exciting episode. And you know what? We have a guest. Or I have a guest. So, introduce yourself, guest. Um, well, hi. (laughs) I'm Alexis, and I'm his daughter. That's cool, isn't it? (laughs) She's suffered through and enjoyed a lot of the albums that i've listened to this year that's a stretch enjoyed uh well you know what though we have a good album to talk about this week i mean you didn't love it spoiler alert but you didn't hate it either yep so you know um we're gonna talk about the band spirit which i've heard of the band spirit before because i'm a big led zeppelin fan and they were accused of plagiarizing, Led Zeppelin were accused of plagiarizing a spirit song. Like Stairway to Heaven sounds a l- quite a bit like the spirit song Taurus, which is an instrumental. 
it's not the same. And Led Zeppelin actually won that lawsuit. So, you know, it, it, they weren't, you know, they, they weren't accused, you know, they weren't found guilty of plagiarism, I guess I should say. But to even be included in that category would show you how talented the band Spirit actually is. And I was interested once I got into it, and I want to go back and listen to some of their other albums because this is actually their fourth album. And it was, I thought it was really cool because the, there's quite a few different vocalists. And I'm not used to that. I'm used to there being maybe like one vocalist who, and then maybe a little bit of background vocal. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was different. It sounded like it made it sound a lot different than like stuff that I've listened to before because I liked it like that. Like, I liked the actual musical aspect of it, so. I honestly think it could be on stage, like a rock opera, and I think it would be cooler like that. I think it would translate better. But, like, the, the album cover even has, it's, like, psychedelic in a way. It looks like Flash Gordon-esque in a way to me, which you don't know about Flash Gordon, but. No. um, I think there were actually a couple singles from this. I don't know for sure. I know... Nature's Way was uh, became one of their signature songs, which actually I didn't like. We actually neither one of us really liked that one very much. That was that second song. Oh yeah, it, it, that one. Yeah. I thought it was it was okay, and the message is actually really good when you look at the message of it. It's good, but I honestly like my favorite song on on the album is Mr. Skin. I love it, and I was already familiar with that song, so. And there's there's another one. There's quite a few. When I Touch You could be played in the 90s. It almost sounds like grunge to me. And his vocals, I can't remember. I believe it's Ferguson. Um, you know, before I go too far, um, Spirit is Jay Ferguson. He's responsible for vocals. He does percussion and keyboards. Randy California. Uh, I what love a that. Name. I love that name. He's uh, guitar, vocals, and bass. He's actually his name's uh, Randy Craig Wolf, but he goes by Randy California. I'm sure he's from California, duh. Um, we have John Locke on keyboards, and he's did some of the art direction. So some of this wacky, crazy art and everything would have been translated well on stage. So I, I like it. Um, I'm thinking it's Mark Andes, but I mean it's A N D E S. I don't know. It could be Andis. I don't know. <laughs> but he, he's uh, bass and vocals. You notice I'm saying vocals for everyone. But like I said, everyone shares vocals on this album. Mm-hmm. Except for Ed Cassidy, finally. Drums and percussion. No vocals. So I guess he didn't, you know, he was back there banging away at the drums. He probably didn't. It wasn't his thing. He just. He probably couldn't do it. I mean, sometimes some drummers are really good with vocals, like Phil Collins, for example. But I guess not in this guy's case. But I like quite a few songs, like I said. Um, really, Nature's Way, it, I thought it was actually one of the weaker songs. Um, this, we've talked about it on the main program quite a few times. Colin Larkin's all-time top 1,000 albums. Well, this made it is, is like number 332. So it's pretty significant. And there were commercial limitations on this album, but it was played all over college FM radio stations. So that's really where it got its footing into, you know, the airplay. And I can see, I can see that, like the style of it. But honestly, though, I liked Prelude, Nothing to Hide. I thought that was a good song. Um, Animal Zoo is pretty good. Uh, Mr. Skin, like I said, obviously. Space Child is an instrumental, and I got the spacey vibe from it. I thought they did a really good job with that. I said, When I Touch You, that song was awesome. Street Worm, I love the title. That one was my favorite. I don't know why, but it just had this vibe around it that I really liked. And I kind of agree with you on Nature's Way. That's got to be my least favorite. It's the weakest one, in my opinion. I didn't like Nature's Way. 
No, um, well, I actually like it the more I listen to it, mm. and I like this album the more I listen to it. I, I, but I really do wish there was a visual to go along with it. I mean, even if back, you know, they didn't have MTV or anything like, which you know, there's no MTV really now. But, but there's if there were there's not really music videos back then, but. I really wish there would have been because this would have been one of those bands that had amazing videos. But, you know, I really have said too much, but maybe not enough. I don't know enough about this band and I really wish I did. But, I guess I'm going to go ahead and let you give it your stars. Obviously, we do it out of five. And like I said before, you didn't love it, but you liked it. But, you know, what would you give it star-wise? I think out of five stars, I'd more than likely give it a 3.5 because it definitely, like you said, was not my favorite album, but it was, like, it was okay. It wasn't bad by any sense. Like, only, like, a few of the songs weren't that good in my opinion, but then again, I can't say much because I listen to genuine garbage sounds. (laughs) Well, you know, what do you typically... Do you have a favorite artist, or is this a particular type of music you listen to? That's kind of hard to say because I like listening to a style of music called Vocaloid, which is sung by literal computers, like it's AI-made music. I think that's really cool. I think it's just something that's like really unique. Then I like bands like ICP, and <laughs> I like Slipknot, I like... um. I don't, I don't even know, like, basically I've gotten a lot of my music from you, I like Tool, I like, um, it, it just depends, I like a lot of different genres of music except country, basically every genre but country, <laughs> so. And I'm that way also, but I like some country, and some of the old country is okay. I don't like twang country, like new twang, like, basically new rap and new, like, twang Oh, uh, I lost my Jeep and my dog to my wife type country songs. I don't like that. Yeah, that's not my favorite either. But this is definitely not that. There's no country yeah. in this. This is um, psychedelic rock, progressive rock a little bit. I, it's not really... There's not a whole lot of progressive rock going on in here because when I think progressive, I think like eight-minute songs and... Like, the, the longest song's like five and a half minutes on this album. Like, most of the songs are pretty short. But, you know, I really like this. You said three and a half. Honestly, I like it quite a bit. I'm going to give it four and a half. Because that way, once we... I mean, my dog's over here shaking off and being rude. <laughs> but, once we combine our scores, that will give them four stars. And I feel like they deserve at least that. And if you had visuals to this... I might call it five because if I could see this on like yeah, stage, be... I think it would be cool. I think it would be an awesome rock opera. So I don't know if the band Spirit, they're probably not. I mean, I don't know if the, these band members are even doing anything anymore, but that's an idea. Someone could even animate something like the, to this and it would yeah, be awesome. It would be like. Overall, like I said, I really do like the actual music, like the percussion, like the sound of the vocals, but I don't know why. Sometimes with music, it just does not sit well with me, just for no reason. And I guess that's kind of the case on um, this album. Just a few of the songs just weren't right to me. They did not go well. I don't know. But overall, I did like the music and how it sounded and how it felt. It would have been really good in, like, a stage play, like you said, or some sort of movies, like, something that could be shown on screen while it's playing. Yeah, I think so, too. But, I like, I've given... I've had some really good albums on Jeff's Just Jammin', and this sets right amongst them. I mean, it's not the best album that I've had on Jeff's Just Jammin', but, like I said, it's it's right there. And you know, I was going to go ahead and preview what's coming up next week on Jeff's Just Jammin', but it's going to be a double. I don't know if everyone's ready for that, if I'm honest with you. 
<laughs> we're doing something a little different next week, um, guys. It's going to be the last episode of the year. So, wow. on Jeff's Just Jamming, I'm going to have Wishbone Ash and Ginger Baker's Air Force. It's Wishbone Ash, Wishbone Ash, you know, self-titled. And then Ginger Baker's Air Force 2 is the, the album. So I'm really excited. I've actually previewed both of those a little bit. And both of those are really good. And Amy's got John Lennon. Oh. John Lennon, Plastic Ono Band. And then Yoko Ono and Plastic Ono Bands. And then Yoko Ono slash Plastic Ono Band. So it seems like she's going to be listening to just one big mess. Yeah. So I'm glad I didn't get those. But we've got some really good albums on the main show too. But I'm not going to get into those. But I do recommend everyone check this album out. Once again, that's Spirit, The Twelve Dreams, or Twelve Dreams of Dr. Sardonicus. Side note before I'm before we go. There's 12 songs, so that's The Twelve Dreams. And Dr. Sardonicus was the, um, the recorder, the track recorder. I think it was an eight-track recorder. So Dr. Sardonicus is what they nicknamed it. So that, that was pretty cool. So these songs are the 12 dreams of that 8-track recorder. <laughs> That's so, cool. So yeah, I thought that was pretty cool too. So they even were, you know, artistic in that aspect. But, like I said, everyone be sure to check out Spirit's 12 Dreams of Dr. Sardonicus. And I think you'll agree with us. It's pretty good. It would be great if it was on stage or had some kind of visual to go along with it. Yeah. But, but you know what? Um, I'm looking at the clock, and it's getting late, and we've got a lot more music to listen to because we've got we've got to finish the year out, and we've got off the record coming up this week, and I'm not finished yet, guys. There's so much music. Oh. Like I said, I will go ahead and throw out there the other albums next week. We're going to be talking about Credence Clearwater Revival's Pendulum, T-Rex's self-titled T-Rex, and the Holly's Moving Finger. So, Holly's Moving Finger is the only one that doesn't stand out to me. But we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But I'm just going to go ahead and end this week like I typically do. I hope everyone has a nice, safe, music-filled week. Be safe out there. The vaccinations are here, but not everyone's getting them. So Christmas is coming up. I know you want to have Christmas with loved ones, but maybe you need to just chill back from that a little bit. There will be next year. You know, just (laughs) Zoom it this year. But just try to be safe out there, guys, and be kind and listen to music and enjoy. Enjoy.